0: (laughs) All right, welcome everybody to Moadon Ivri, that's Club Hebrew, which is what we're trying to do here. Welcome. Um, We are in the book of Zephaniah, believe it or not. How many people get to go through Zephaniah? We went through Habakkuk earlier, you can hear that on iTunes U as you can hear our other recordings. So feel free to do that, everybody out there in Cyberland. We are on chapter 2, verse 4. And just to refresh yourselves from before the Easter break, remember Zephaniah has this classical prophetic outline in which the first part of the book, uh, basically chapter 1 through uh, the first couple of verses of chapter 2, is oracles of judgment uh, against specifically Judah. Now we're going to be in oracles of judgment against the nations. And then in chapter 3 is this beautiful chapter, this beautiful section about uh, oracles of hope uh, of restoration for God's people. So the, the classical outline that you will see, um, not always perfectly carried out, but here pretty nicely, judgment against Judah and God's people, judgment against the other nations, and then oracles of hope and promise. All right? So you will see that very clearly when we get to chapter Uh, verse 4 that we're starting specifically against other nations that are surrounding uh, Israel again the other major theme to keep watch on is the day of the Lord Uh, described in chapter 2 is this day of wrath remember uh, the descriptive language that Zephaniah used to describe what it would be like on that day and now uh, that day is uh, coming on the enemies of God's people so we're going to take it up with chapter 2 Verse four, ki Aza lishmamash Batsa batzaharaim te All right. Now notice again, it plays on words. For Aza, that means Gaza. So who we're dealing with now is going to be the area of the Philistines. Gaza was one of the chief cities in the Philistines, and that's the cities that are going to be referred to. All right. So around Israel. So, Gaza Azuva will be forsaken. Notice the play, play on words, Aza Azuva. That Azuva is a call passive participle from what root? Azav. And notice it modifies Aza. Um, passive verb forms, Nifals, passive participles tend to act like adjectives, modifying. So, notice, um, Gaza Forsaken will be, yeah. Gaza will be forsaken, and Ashkelon. Now you have to supply again the verb. Will become shemama. Shama means to be desolate. Here's a noun. Shemama will become desolate. All right. Ashdod. Here's the third city. Bad Zaharim. Um, Zaharim simply means in the middle of the day, in clear day, in broad daylight. So, Ashdod in broad daylight, Yegar Shuha, they will drive her out. Um, notice that this is a PL from the root garash. It's very easy. Here's how I always remember the root garash. You park and drive out of your garage. Garash means to drive out. See? But it doesn't mean drive a car out, it means you drive people out. <laughs> but you get the point. So, Um, Notice that there's an impersonal they. A lot of times in Hebrew, an impersonal construction um, is used in just, you know, when you don't have an identifiable subject. So it's very woodenly, they will drive her out. But in English, good idiom, you might say, Ashdod, in the light of day, will be driven out. All right, but notice what the verb form is. Ashdod, in clear day, they will drive her out. And ekron... Here's the last city. Um, teaker will be uprooted. Okay, this is from the root akar, and notice it's a nifal form. This word also has a meaning to hamstring, like if you uh, hamstring, uh, cut the Achilles tendon of a of a horse or something like that. All right, so here it means to be uprooted. And again, notice the play on words between Ekron and Akar. So again, Zephaniah loves this kind of thing. It gives it. Uh, kind of poetic justice, so to speak. All right? So notice we're talking about Gaza, Ashkelon, Ashdod, and Ekron. They all loom large in the biblical prose part uh, of the Bible. All right, good. Questions on verse 4 about forms or anything. All right, verse 5. Hoi Yoshve Hevo Hayam, Goy, Keretim. Devar Yahweh Alechem, Kanaan Eretz Pelishtim, Vehaavad Tik, Me'ain Yoshev. Hoi! Woe! Wo Yoshev Hevel. This is an uh, a participle, plural, in, uh, in construct form. So, woe yeah, from Yashav. Woe, O oh, inhabitants of the Hevel, of the region of the sea. Now, notice you have construct, chevel, genitive, hayam, by the sea. So I would say, oh, notice you ask yourself, what's the relationship between those two words? Woe, oh, inhabitants of the region by the sea. Literally, region of the sea. All right, again, talking about Philistia and the Mediterranean. Um, nation of keratim. This is a word, a proper name, and it means kerathites and it's, I think, only used here, maybe a couple other times, but uh, thought to be in parallel with Philistia, uh, the Philistines. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, they were said to come from Crete, and so this is one lexicon suggests it's a holdover from that. All right, so woe, oh, inhabitants of the region by the sea, nation of Carithites. Kara- the word of Yahweh, devar Yahweh, the word of Yahweh is upon you or against you, aleikim. I like upon you because it's like boom, it's coming. Alright. Canaan, the land of the Pelish team, Philistines. Notice it's in parallel with Keratim. Canaan, the land of the Philistines. And Haav Teek. Okay, notice the root from Avad means to perish or to die. Here's a Hifil form. Okay? I will kill you. I will destroy you. Notice that. What is intransitive in the call? Remember, we talked about this in Hebrew class a little. Intransitive in the call in the hiphil becomes transitive. It's not causative. It's going to be I will destroy you. May ain that's min with a negative ain without a yoshev without an inhabitant. That's a participle from yashav again. So yashav occurs as participles twice in this verse. Once in the plural construct. Once is a singular absolute form. Notice also, we talked about this in class, a bonus. Notice the switch from second person plural, ale to second singular, ka, on the, on the um, verb, ha verb All right? Uh, again, it happens in prophecy. It happens a lot in the books of the Bible. It seems to be a Marcus' style where it bothers us as English speakers. Um, the reason for it, I don't know if we know, if it's rhetorical but I wouldn't put a whole bunch of semantic weight on the switch like I said although some might all right good um, any questions on verse five all right verse six okay. yes yeah please Carotene. yes it, it, right and if you looked it up you would see notice that the vowel pointing is different I mean it's if you looked it up in a lexicon be under the root with karat um, the only thing that clues you in that's not a parsipal is that a parsipal would have a hole in after the cough. Yeah, coroutine. So this is just one of those words where by process of elimination you begin to look and figure out what it is. All right. Okay, good. Verse 6. ro'im. Nice infinitive construct, construction. rot zon. Okay. Vahita. Uh, the subject is hayam. the portion by the sea will become the, hayta, okay? the portion by the sea will become a nevot kerot ro'im this is a great um, construct you know, this whole list string of constructs nevot is a plural noun the singular is nava it means pasture so this is pastures Kerot is a noun from the, the noun. Kara means well. This is plural again, plural feminine. Wells. Roim, the root is ra'a. Uh, participle means shepherds, to feed or to pasture. I think you all had that in your beginning Hebrew as well. So literally it it's, will become pastures of wells of shepherds. And again, you have to ask yourself, what's the relationship between the words? In better English, The portion by the sea will become pastures with wells for shepherds. So in other words, the urban centers are going to be destroyed. Pastures, what what do shepherds do? Well, they're nomads. They go from well to well to well. So basically it's saying, hey, all the urban centers, um, Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, boom, wiped out, no inhabitants. It's just going to become pasture land with wells. Or, yeah, kara may not even be formally just kind of, you know, watering places for roim, for shepherds. Okay? And gidrot, again, notice a feminine plural noun. Uh, gedera means uh, a sheep fold. So folds for its own, for sheep. All right? So once again, the portion by the sea will become pastures with wells for shepherds. And sheep folds of sheep. All right. Good questions on verse 6. All right, good, verse 7. Va va hayya chaval lish a reed Yahweh alehen yirun. Va Ashkelon ba'erev yirbatsun ki yif kedem Yahweh lo Veshav shevitam. All right. And it will become a portion. Notice chevel is used three times here. So you get a good, usually chevel means a rope. All right. Um, here it's used rope in the sense that it forms a boundary. That's why I'm translating it as portion. So in verse 5, the portion of the sea. Verse 6, the portion of the sea. And here it will become a portion. Lish erit, For the rem- remnant, Shaar means to. Remain to be left over, here's a noun, for the remnant of the house of Judah. So it will become a portion for the remnant of the house of Judah. So it's already talking about hope beyond the exile. There will be a remnant. Okay? Alehem, on them, namely the pastures, I'm assuming. Yerun, they will shepherd. This is a call imperfect, third plural from ra'ah, with a paragogic nun. On them they will shepherd. Okay? In Bate, in the houses, from Bat, okay, Beit, Batim, in the houses of Ashkelon, Baerev, in the evening, soon they will lie down. Again, call imperfect. A I'm masculine plural from Rabats, again with a paragogic nun, which we've seen. Okay. On them they will shepherd. In the houses of Ashkelon, in the evening, they will lie down. Ki, Yif, Kedem, Yahweh, For Yahweh their God will visit them. From Pakad. And the mem at the end is the third plural suffix. For Yahweh their God will visit them. Veshav, what's the root? Close. The, the other one. It's the other common one. You got it. Someone said it. It's shuv, to return and he this is a idiomatic phrase and he will restore shevitam uh, their fortune their prosperity their fortune some suggest it means they will um, he will return their captivity depending on where you see shevitam the root coming from okay um, but notice here shuv usually means return intransitive like i will return in the morning this is the only idiom in which it seems to take a direct object. It's kind of unusual, but it occurs all over the place. Um, Psalm 126, for example, as this phrase that uh, uh, promises hope for God's people. See, So notice here in the oracles against the nations, there's this hint of promise for Judah, the remnant of Judah. All right? And that's especially prominent in verse 7 here. All right. Any questions about anything you see in verse seven? Well, we're moving right along today. All right. He moves on from the one side, from the land of the Philistines, to the east side of the Jordan. Now Moab. See Shamati Cherpat Moav veGedufe Bnei Ammon Asher Cherfu ami vaYagdilu Al. Gevulam. I heard, now Yahweh's talking here, I have heard the reproach of Moab. Okay. Now notice this relationship. That's a construct, Kherpa, the reproach of Moab. It could either be out of context, someone reproached Moab. So Moab could be the object. Or it could be Moab reproached someone else as a subjective genitive. And the context tells us that that's what it is. In other words, Yahweh heard Moab's reproaches against Israel. All right. So I have heard the reproach by Moab would be a, a nice kind of concise translation. All right. And the insults of the Ammonites, the children B'nai Ammon, the ch- children of Ammon. Remember you had the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Edomites on the one side. That's who we're talking about. So I have heard the reproach by Moab, and the insults by the Ammonites. Okay, Asher Cherfu, who reproached my people. Okay, Cherfu is the root Charaf. Notice the noun Cherpa comes from it. Charaf means to reproach, and uh, here you have a pl perfect third common plural, who reproached my people, and. Uh, yagdilu al-gevulam. And they... Everybody see the root of Yagdilu? What is it? Gadal. And what conjugation is this? Hifil. hifil. Call means to be great. The hifil doesn't mean to cause to be great. It means to... It means a lot of different things. But to act great, to act arrogant, to speak great. So here it's something like, and they spoke arrogantly or behaved arrogantly um, over or about Gevulam, their border. In other words, they were trying to conquer Israel. See, they were always causing trouble. So Gevulam, Gevul is border, and Am is the suffix, the, the masculine plural suffix. Okay. So again, I've heard the reproach by Moab and the insults by the uh, Ammonites who reproached my people. And who, see notice the subject is still uh, Moab and Ammon, and who magnified themselves or who acted arrogant um, over their border. All right. So again, notice when you have a stative verb in the call, the hifil becomes transitive or active, either transitive or intransitive. Okay. Good. Questions through eight. You said the verb yes. For, uh, yes. Yes, the, uh, notice the verb comes in after asher, asher herfu. That's a PL form because the resh doesn't take a dagish; It spits it out and leaves it hanging there, and so it becomes a seret. That's why it looks kind of odd. There's no dagesh in the resh to tell you that. The noun herpa, see in the first line shamati herpat, that's the noun that is based on that root. And again, he's kind of playing with words because you have giddufe and Yagdilu and Gevulun. See, and then the Ain, the Ah, uh, that sounds like a, a Gimel. In, you know, I can't do it right, but the "ein" and the Gimel kind of sounded similar. Look, that sound. All right? So, uh, yeah, Zephaniah is amazing for this kind of wordplay and stuff that he's doing. All right, anything else? Okay, verse 9. Lakain Chayani na Um Yahud Elohe Yisrael. Whoa, look at that name. Kimoav Moav Kisedontiya Uvne Amon Ka Amora Mim Charu U Mikre Melach U Shemama Ad Olam Sheirit Ami Yavazum VeYeter Goy Yinchalum. Now, okay, look at Lakain. Common usage in the prophets, after this description of the reasons or the grounds, you have this divine declaration or command, and that's what you get. So, Lachain signals that. So, surely, Lachain. now notice Yahweh uses this oath, chai ani, as I live, chai ani, neum Yahweh, utterance of Yahweh, that's a frozen form used to begin prophet, prophetic speech, comes in the middle as it does here, sometimes at the end. Okay, So surely as I live, Naum says Yahweh, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Notice the epithets for, for Yahweh. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Surely Moab, like Sodom, will become. T- yeah, surely Moab will become like Sodom. That's not good news, by the way. And the Ammonites like Gomorrah, Amora. all right. A mimshach, that's a hapach, so you don't have to learn it. It's something like, no one is quite sure what it means, a, a, a place of possession or a, a bare field or something. With a Charul is a word for thorns or nettle. So uh, a place of the nettle and a mikre, a pit of salt, all right, uh, remember, we had that word earlier with nevot kerot. Kerot meaning wells from kara. Well, notice you have the same root kara to dig with a mem attached, makes it a noun, a pit. See how that works, everybody? So, and a, a pit of salt and shemama. and desolation, adolam, forever. The sheerit, the remnant of my people, yevazum. All right, we'll spoil them. What's the root of yevazum? Well, you got two letters, right? Bait, z- bait zine, and another zine. Bazaz. Bazaz. And the way you know that, if you look at the dagesh in the zine, that's one way to clue you in. It's kind of a strange pointing. So uh, you have a bunch of these words. Bazaz means to spoil. Um, Booz means to despise. Baza means to despise. See, I always get those mixed up. Um, so remnant of my people, the remnant of my people will spoil them. And the yeter, again, a, a synonym for remnant, the leftover uh, of the nation, yin chalum, will um, inherit them from nachal. Call verb from nachal, to inherit, will inherit them. So once again, verse 9, Surely as I live, says Yahweh, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Certainly, the key I'm using as a uh, focus particle. Certainly, Moab will become like Sodom and, and the Amorites like Gomorrah. A possession, a place of the nettle and a pit of salt and desolation at forever. The remnant of my people will spoil them. See, notice how you get that remnant language here. And the remnant of the nation uh, will inherit them. Okay? Questions? Um, yes? Spoil, um, so yeah, bazaz means uh, like when a, when a uh, military goes in and gets the spoils of victory. right? You have a number of words, right? Bazaz, shasas, shasa, um, shalal. Remember, all those words are kind of synonyms for To do that action. Because in the Old Testament, people did a lot of that, so they had a lot of words for it. Remember, in any language, what's important to you is um, what you have a lot of words for. So in English, we have a lot of words for home runs in baseball. Think about it. Because it's important to us. That was a joke. Um, Anyway, I'll stop here. We'll take it up with verse 10. Uh, Thank you for your attention, and uh, have a great day. Blessings. Mm-hmm.